Hey everyone, welcome back to Girl Meets Show. It's our 16th episode. Sweet 16. Yeah, it is. Sweet 16 always reminds me of that Hilary Duff song. You know that song? The one that's on the TV show? Yeah, Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Gotta spread my wings. Sweet 16. Well, should we just get right into it? Let's dive in. Okay, so... For our top three, we're going to talk about our favorite TV frenemies. And I want to know, how would you define frenemy? I would say, I mean, I wouldn't straight up call them their arch nemesis, but I think a lot of times they start that way. So mm-hmm. it's like if you look at the entire show as a whole, they often like work together. But I, my frenemies are people that often butt heads and maybe start like at each other's throats kind of Mm -hmm. but then it kind of their relationship kind of like softens and gets more complex as it goes on and like they work together sometimes yeah that's a good okay i just wanted to be sure we were on the same page okay yeah not just like enemies enemies no mine was more like people who go through different cycles of being friends and then also kind of hating each other yeah I think that's a much more eloquent way of saying it. (laughs) I don't know about eloquent, but concise. Okay, what was your number three? Okay, my number three, and this was kind of a tie with my first bonus one, because since um, we're talking about Killing Eve this week, I kind of wanted to focus on female frenemies. Well, that kind of ties into something I wanted to talk about, is that I actually had a really hard time with thinking of male frenemies, and... That's interesting to me. It's kind of its own trope, I feel like, for female characters that, like, well, it's like how we had trouble picking when we ranked our top three best friends, that so many of them are frenemies, Mm -hmm. and we couldn't, I couldn't comfortably say that they were just straight up best friends. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting. I feel like maybe in newer shows, I can think of more um, just genuine best friends than in older shows, which I hope is... Like, kind of, just, like, the tides are turning. Yeah. Kind of better female relationship. I feel like it was such a thing for older TV shows that that was how they made the female characters, like, more complex. Mm -hmm. Was basically just having them have issues with other females. And also always pinning up females to be competitive with one another. And all Mm -hmm. the guys just get to be, like, cool. Yeah, they're just, like, buddies. Yeah. But I did... I did think of one okay. uh, male frenemy thing. So is this your number three or your bonus? This is my number three. Okay. So I picked Lucille Bluth and Lucille 2 from Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, they are, they're almost like just caricatures of frenemies because like they kind of act like they're friends, but they are really, really rude to each other, mm-hmm. to each other's faces. Mm-hmm. They're just, their interactions are hilarious to me, and both Lucille's are probably some of my favorite characters on the show in general. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I love, I feel like their, their relationship was one of my favorites while I was watching it for the first time. Yeah, I just love them. Okay. Wait, were you going to say what your bonus one was already, or are you going to go into that later? Oh, I can say it now. I was going to say Ben and Kent from Veep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I like that, too. They're hilarious. They totally hate each other, but actually they're, like, each other's, like, friend soulmates. hmm Totally. I love them. Okay, so my number three 
I'm going to say is Jane and Petra from Jane the Virgin. I know you don't watch it. So basically it's Jane and Petra is the girlfriend of the guy that she got preg- that Jane got pregnant with. Okay. In the beginning that's how their relationship starts. The sperm donor. Yes, okay. sperm donor. Sperm donor's girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> and then it gets a lot more complicated after that. So Petra ends up having a child with the sperm donor also. So then they have to kind of raise their kids together because they're half-siblings. Okay. And she actually has twins. And their names are Anna and Elsa. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. And she's like, I don't even know what Frozen is. Like, why do people keep asking me if that's what they're named after? (laughs) I really need to watch this show. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You would really like it. Um... So anyway, it's just interesting watching their relationship develop from, like, enemies to, like, co-parents. Mm-hmm. And then it goes in waves. And, yeah, I really like it. I it really sounds, like them. It sounds more complex than, like, your typical frenemy situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And although it is, like, I guess there is a male, like, in between the two of them, I think that there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it when I feel like even though the show is like um, really outlandish, it's also a realistic thing that people have to deal with of like step siblings. Exactly. And dealing with people's exes mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, it gets kind of hairy, you know? Yeah. Even just like deciding what school your kids will go to is like something that they deal with. So it's like very relatable yeah. things. OK, cool. I like it. And yet again, it makes me want to start the show. So. Perfect. That's Always our goal on this podcast is to make you want to watch every show we talk about. Exactly. <laughs> Let us know if we're not doing a good job. <laughs> or don't. Don't actually tell us. We don't need to know. Um, My number two is from a show you haven't watched yet. Mm-hmm. It is Felicity from Ooh. Felicity <laughs> and her roommate Megan. And um, it's a really, really funny relationship because... They, Megan is Felicity's, um, just randomly assigned roommate when she gets to New York City for college. And she's, A good like, old random roommate. I Remember mean, those days? Yeah, it's just, like, a recipe for It's so hilarity. weird that that's, like, a thing that we do. Yeah. We just, like, willingly decide to live with someone we have no idea what their background is, what their history is, what they do, who they are. We know literally nothing about them. And it's just, like, a socially accepted, like, life milestone. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're 18. You're ready to live with a completely random person. So weird. It's so bizarre. So the situation already, like, the social situation is already Mm -hmm. ripe for, like, just great awkwardness. Yeah. And so Felicity's character, played by Carrie Russell, is just kind of, like, this quiet, shy valedictorian. She just wears a bunch of sweaters and kind of looks like a, a baby librarian. And then her roommate, Megan, is like... I mean, this was in the... two Like, I think maybe the year 2000 mm-hmm. when Hot Topic was really exploding. <laughs> and that's basically Megan is, like, Hot Topic embodied. And she's just, like, has skulls everywhere and, like, is hardly ever there at first. And then she comes back at, like, 3 in the morning from clubbing. Like, all this stuff. And she just openly, like hates Felicity because she's like such a square. (laughs) Anyway, it's really funny, but they end up, they kind of end up helping each other get out of pinches and like 
Megan gives her really blunt advice all the time, even though she's not in that friend group yet and mm-hmm. stuff, just from her observations. And then it's funny because in the second season, Felicity signs up to be an RA and they've run out of RA rooms or something. So they're like, so you will have to have a roommate. And then Megan is her roommate again. <laughs> so that's just really funny. But then they end up, even though Megan is like always highly critical of Felicity and like her boy drama and stuff, mm-hmm. they do have each other's backs, which is fun. That's cute. I like mm-hmm. that. And when you were describing it at first, I totally was expecting Megan to be like a cheerleader, um, cool girl. But so I like that it was like, no, she's like a hot topic goth kid. My number two is June and Serena from Handmaid's Tale. And you, I can't remember, did you ever finish watching the second, the last season? I watched like half of it. Okay. Because I don't want to give anything away. Basically, it's always a question of whether or not Serena's on June's side or not. She will give her a lot of, like, help and, like, can be really nice to her. Um, or, she does, like, secret things yeah, that make she, it seem like she wants to help her escape. Exactly. But then she also can be so terrible and do really terrible things. So it's always a question of whether or not, whether Serena's on June's side. Mm-hmm. And if I were June, I would be very confused on whether or not to trust her. But she kind of always does a little bit. I was just thinking that I would just, like, opt on the side of never, ever trusting her. Even if she did something seemingly, like, secretive and trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Like, But no. it would be hard because if that's the only person giving you anything, like, any sort of ounce of hope, I feel like you would have to take it. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I would just be so... I don't know how much hope I would have in mm-hmm. that society it's at all. You yeah, know, that's true. But the way that the season ends, um, I think that their relationship will be very interesting. And I'm interested to see where their relationship goes in the next season. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, okay, what's your number one? My number one. And I... This one, like, came to me like a bolt of lightning. I was like, how could I forget them? <laughs> They're, like, the best ones. It is Paris and Rory and Gilmore Girls. Ah, I'm mad I didn't even think of that! Okay, like I said, it was a bolt perfect. of lightning. They, first of all, Paris is probably my favorite character on the whole show of Gilmore Girls. She's incredible. She's the funniest one. I hated her in high school for the most part, but mm-hmm. college Paris is... So good. It's amazing. And it actually is kind of reminding me of the Megan Felicity stuff. How, mm-hmm. like, they are, like, true enemies. They are the ones I was thinking of when I was describing it. How, like, they really... she Paris really is her arch nemesis yeah. in high school. Mm-hmm. But then they, like, truly do become friends. Even though Rory still knows Paris is crazy. And doesn't at all support her in everything she does. Mm-hmm. But they're just... I, I love their relationship. Paris, like, even through the rocky parts, the plots that I don't love in the later seasons of Gilmore Girls, Mm -hmm. when Paris is around, it, like, grounds the show for me and, like, reminds me why I love the show. Which is really interesting. But, yeah, I feel like it's the same for me, too. It's, I I can't even speak because I just (laughs) love that pairing so much. And even in high school when Paris is the worst, like, you still pity her the more you get to know about her, too. Mm -hmm. So, and, like... As Rory starts to kind of see that, too, she could just easily just write her off as, like, I just, I hate this girl. But, like, like, she's insane. 
Yeah, she <laughs> is. She really is crazy. And, like, her parents are crazy. And she's just, like, there's so many reasons why she's that uptight. Mm-hmm. And so Rory's like, you know what, whatever. If you need to come hang out with me and my mom for a second, <laughs> that's fine. But I'll just shake my head at you because you're crazy. Well, and Lorelai is so good at how she treats Paris, too. Wow. Even even into the college years. You yeah, know? exactly. They just, like, even though they don't like Paris necessarily, they understand her. Mm-hmm. And that's all anybody wants is to be understood. Exactly. Wow. That was a really good one. Thank you. I should have gone first. <laughs> but I don't think that mine are any less than. My number one is Joan and Peggy from Mad oh, Men. That's such a good one. Thank you. They're amazing. Yeah, well, they just go through waves of being friends and, like, helping each other out. And then there's always a power struggle there. And they always have felt competitive, even though they're never really... Well, they were at the beginning a little bit, like, in the same role. But, like, they shouldn't have felt competitive and they should have just, like, helped one another. But I think because they were the only two real females in the office, like, how could they not when they're working in, like, a whole office full of men and, like, disgusting men. So. Like, they both just wanted to hold on to whatever power they had. Exactly. And so when they felt like one person was was maybe taking a little bit of theirs, it was not good. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a set of frenemies where it's, like, so thrilling the times when they do work together mm-hmm. and, like, really... Um, put their heads together and figure out problems and Mm -hmm. stuff. And they're, like, unstoppable. So Mm -hmm. it's so sad when they start fighting again. Yeah, exactly. So they're my number one. That's a really, really good one. Thank you. Okay, did you have any other bonuses? I mean, Blair and Serena are obvious ones. But I didn't love them as much as the ones I picked. Yeah, I agree. They had, like, a super unhealthy friendship. Yeah. Um, I also had Ruth and Debbie from Glow. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. I didn't even think about them. If I had, I probably would have put them on my top three somewhere. Probably. I know you do love them. They're so, they're just so interesting. And they're the ones where, like, since you start the show seeing them as best friends, it's, like, so sad mm-hmm. how much they fight and how much Debbie hates Ruth. Mm-hmm. But then when there's, like, glimmers of them being friends again, it's so happy. So happy. Well, and it's... I feel like even though we're not married and we haven't, we're not, we don't really relate to cheating on our, with our best friend's husbands, it's still, that plot is still, like, a very relatable thing where, like, something happened with your friendship and, like, you were best friends and you just want to be best friends again, but, like, you can't really get over what happened. Totally. you still have to interact with them and work with them and see them and then... Eventually, it'll probably be good, but Mm -hmm. there are going to be really bad times. Yeah, it has to be earned. Yeah. I was trying to remember if there were any specific frenemies from Degrassi, Mm. but I feel like all the characters on that show were frenemies. Exactly. Yeah, they they all had their times. Seriously. Like, there's, it's actually harder to think of people that stayed best friends. I was was thinking, like, Emma and Manny, Mm -hmm. but they get mad at each other a lot, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I was sad I couldn't think of one because I always, I want to give Degrassi more of a shout out on our (laughs) podcast. I was also kind of thinking other Veep people, like Amy and Dan, kind of. Yeah. But I 
I thought that Ben and Kent were a more true frenemy mm-hmm. pairing than those two because there's but like they're also tension. kind of all frenemies on that show too. Yeah, it's true, especially with Selena. Like, I know I was everyone trying to think, is Selena's frenemy. I was trying to think who would be like the best friend. Like, well, who's her best frenemy? Uh, Mike. No, Gary. Yeah, but that's a weird one though because it's not like equal power at all. You know, no, but you can. You know, yeah, it's true, but. <laughs> But the episode where they get into that, like, shouting uh-huh. match is amazing. It's amazing. And that is, that moment is very frenemy. And when she's, like, um, Gary, is he sick or something? And in his, is staying in her house and she has to, like, make him It's dinner. after he has a heart attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another, like, point where it, like, makes them equals, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. That was so funny. There wasn't a ton of TV news, per se, but there was a lot of stuff announced as far as award shows. Mm-hmm. The Grammys were announced. We won't have to talk about that, but because it's not TV-related. Also, they announced a host for the Oscars and then denounced him, so nothing really to report there because they still don't have a new one. At least they don't while we're recording this podcast. If you could pick someone TV-related to host it, who would you pick? You know, I was going through this list, and I think Issa or Mindy Lahiri. Mindy L- Mindy Lahiri. Mindy Kaling. Mindy LaKaling. <laughs> um, or there, are I there two love... more charming people? No, there really isn't. Also, I would want to see Chrissy Teigen. Oh, Yeah. I feel like she will eventually. She has to. Because they get people that are, like, personalities. Yeah. You know? I did love how Chrissy said she's like, I loved Anne Hathaway and James Franco. It was so <laughs> awkward. I love awkward. Put him back in there. <laughs> that would be so funny. Can you even imagine James Franco and Anne Hathaway ever even having a conversation? No. I don't even really remember why they did that. No. That makes no sense. But you know what kind of adds to that? Who's hosting the Golden Globes? It's... Our girl that we're about to talk about, Sandra O oh and Andy Samberg. <laughs> it makes no sense. I love them both. I'm excited, but I don't understand why. It's just because they're in stuff right well, now. And they presented one an award one time together and had good chemistry, I guess. I don't even remember that. They did. I remember her. I guess I just forgot about Andy. And I need to go back and rewatch it to see how amazing that chemistry was, but it's really hard for me to believe that it, it was amazing enough to give them a whole entire show. The whole show? It's hilarious. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I know Sandra Oh is funny, um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. That's all I have to say about that. Very bizarre. I forgot that they were even the ones doing it. it seems like a joke. It seems like um, like them scrambling to find an Oscar host. Mm-hmm. Like they were scrambling to find Golden Globes hosts. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone else was busy that night or something. <laughs> it's just weird. It is so It's all weird. All everything is weird when it comes to the Golden Globes. I've realized. Yeah, I that's true. They're the most random awards to me. Um, so we don't have to focus on any of the movie categories, but we can just mention that for the second year in a row, there's no female directors nominated. Boo! And A Star Is Born is a drama, 
and not in the musical category. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. I was thinking more about that, and I was like, wouldn't it be easier to win the musical comedy category? Mm-hmm. But maybe they're just trying to be taken seriously. I really feel like that's what it is. But, like, wouldn't you rather have the award? I would Golden, think so. Golden Globe winning film, it's not the Oscar, but it's very highly coveted award. Yeah. They... Bradley but, Cooper, you made a weird choice. Honestly, the whole best motion picture drama category is so weird to me that, like, I honestly have no opinion on the matter. I haven't seen Black Klansman or Bohemian Rhapsody yet. Me neither. And if Beale Street Could Talk is not out, at least not Yeah, in that's our city. true. But, like, Black Panther and A Star is Born... It just seems more like, like it's more like a popular vote as opposed to, like, what good film actually is. Well, it's like that category that they yeah. tried to do for the Oscars. Exactly. That's what I was thinking about when I saw this category. All I can think about when I'm looking at this list is that they, four of them start with B. <laughs> and born. They all have a, a B a word. A B word. Well, and I think it's interesting that Black Panther is even nominated because they didn't even nominate... Uh, Michael B. Jordan or the director. So, Which, like, personally, that would have made more sense. Yeah. But there's been a, so much talk about people wanting to get Black Panther nominated for, like, these big prestigious awards. Mm-hmm. I guess. So I feel like they just tried to throw them a little baby bone by throwing them in, like, the big category but nothing else. Yeah. But, like, I feel like you could have nominated Lupita. Oh, totally. Or um, Danae um, uh, Guerrero. Yes. Was the other girl mm-hmm. <laughs> in the movie. Mm-hmm. They were both really good. Yeah. So that is actually, I hadn't thought about that, that they should, why not acting awards? But anyway, let's move on to the TV stuff. TV is interesting to me because I feel like we just had the Emmys and now these are like a follow-up television well, award. Yeah. So it's weird to me because like they're just now happening, but it's awarding stuff that has already been awarded and... It's just, the timing is throwing me off. Well, this is why when the Emmys happened, I was so confused as to which seasons mm-hmm. were nominated of shows. Because back in the Emmys, it was season one of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Glow, even, mm-hmm. who had just dropped their second season. Mm-hmm. So now... So Marvelous Mrs. Maisel just dropped their second season, but mm-hmm. all of the Golden Globes are referring to their first season. Well, I right? don't... No, I don't think so, because... Last, remember how I thought that Mrs. Maisel had already won the Emmy? They had won last year's Golden Globe. Didn't they win for comedy last year? So now is their second season nominated? That's what's also confusing is that none of this, I like a lot of this I haven't seen. Because A, it hasn't aired or like been put in theaters yet. Or B, there's no B, just A. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, so confusing. And... Like, are the same people all just going to win again that just won at the Emmys? Like, I is Maisel going to sweep? Like, I feel, I, honestly, I haven't read that much about people's predictions. I um, haven't either. Because they all always predict that Elizabeth Moss will win. Yeah. But also Julia Roberts. This is actually such a crazy category because Sandra O. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts, amazing. And then could they give Carrie Russell like a backup award since she didn't win the Emmy? And it's the final season. I can see them wanting to like kiss Julia Roberts's butt to like reward her for coming to TV. Yeah. So who even knows? I don't. I feel like I don't know. They probably 
I don't know. I would I would also love to see Sandra O oh win like a historical award for mm-hmm. her work on Killing Eve, but I can't help but be cynical about it and be like, oh, they'll like give her a nomination to like appear like woke, yeah. but then give it to someone else. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and also it's only in their first season, so mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's so popular that they know it'll have like several future seasons. Exactly. Um, also, as far as drama goes, um, Handmaid's Tale wasn't nominated. And Oh, and Pose was. Pose was. And I haven't watched Pose, but I wanted to. Um, and I also don't know what Bodyguard is. I don't really know that much about it, but I do know that that guy from Game of Thrones and Cinderella is in it. Hmm. I think his name is Richard Madden. You're probably right, but I don't know. And that's what I know about it. And apparently... He's good. <laughs> well, I would sure hope so. But it's crazy that I got... I have, I've seen, like, one person I follow on Twitter ever talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I honestly don't think I've ever seen anyone talk about it. Um, I get so confused, too, when I keep seeing the Americans was nominated. I know. It seems, it's it feels over. like it ended it's been so long over for ago. a long time. That's why it's confusing if Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is... If it's the first season or the second. Mm-hmm. Okay, also Maniac didn't get anything. That's... Really wrong. That show was freaking good. Even just acting. Yes. Just get nominate Emma Stone. And Jonah. And Jonah. They both deserved it. And Justin Theroux. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your favorite guy. I just, like, couldn't get over the fact that they didn't get a single one. They should have him host it with Sally Field. That would be good. I would love it. I would like that. Um, also, can you tell me what the Kaminsky method is? <laughs> I was just going to ask you the same question. Oh. Because I have no idea. Um, two other big snubs, in my opinion. Atlanta. It is honestly so offensive that Atlanta is not nominated for best TV series in a comedy. It doesn't make any sense. But I was so shocked that it didn't win any of those Emmys. Yeah, it's true. But I at just, least it was nominated. Yeah, exactly. That's but, true. But, like, that se- that season of Atlanta was so perfect in my eyes. Like, I know we've already talked about this before, but Teddy Perkins is literally a perfect episode of TV. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so mad. If I were Donald Glover, I probably wouldn't go. But maybe, you like, in the industry, you have to show up to these things to, like, be nice some people don't though. Yeah, a lot of times true. people aren't there. And if you're not even nominated, they're not you're not even like be on the screen as a nominee. Well, yeah. But well, he well is Donald is actor, nominated. Yeah. yeah. But like But that's it. There's only one nomination for Atlanta and it's not even for the show as a whole. And it makes me so sad. That's so messed up. I would prefer the show be nominated as a whole as best series than a single acting credit. I agree. I think because the yeah. show itself is such a like revolutionary creation Mm -hmm. i just want things that are trying really new things to be rewarded Mm -hmm. and it's there's no other show on right now that's like it no well and also with that um insecure didn't get a single nomination either and that's another show that i think is doing a lot of cool interesting things and is not being nominated either a lot of these TV categories are very white. And I don't want to bring up Search Party again, but... But it 
should be mentioned. Forgotten yet again. I remember we discussed um, TV movies having their own category. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to see that it's best television limited series or motion picture made for TV. Why combine those? And here's another thing. I even was Googling and, like, researching this. I don't understand the difference between a limited series and a regular. Because... Because they still have multiple seasons yes. at times, right? Yes. I guess this one doesn't. Was Big Little Lies a limited series? I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was, but they're and, doing a second season. Right. And so that's what I was wondering, like, does that disqualify you? Because then how limited is that? More like unlimited series. Yeah. Do you just wait till you win the award and then announce your next season? Anyway, that was basically all I had to say about it. Yeah, I don't have any other comments really either. Actually, I am surprised to not see Succession very much on here except for Kieran oh, yeah. Culkin. Um, that seems like the kind of show that awards shows would eat up. You know what I mean? Totally. But... Apparently yeah, I'm not. interested to see if they get any Emmy nods. I guess that if I were to put money on this, I would probably put money on Mrs. Maisel doing really well again. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know if like the Golden Globes voters or judges or whoever like it's the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. I wonder if they will like go rogue on the Golden Globes or something. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird when most of the nominees are all the same as the Emmys that we just had. So that's what I would think. Yeah, it's confusing. Well, are we going to talk Killing Eve? Let's talk Killing Eve. We finally watched it. It's on Hulu now. And it was definitely worth the wait. It lived up to all the hype, which has been a lot. Mm-hmm. But it... Definitely one of my top three sh- new shows I watched this year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Want to give you a little synopsis? Yes. Okay, so. She um, just, like, flipped her hair. She was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eve, played by Sandra Oh, who you know from Grey's Anatomy and Princess Diaries. At the beginning of the show, she's working, working for MI5 in London and doing more, like, the desk kind of spy work so she's like she's not like a spy per se like out in the field but she um does all the research for the spies and for her yeah spy she's basically just like works in an office though yeah so she has like an mi5 office job and she she's fascinated by female assassins and so all these um like a pattern of killings kind of starts happening and the some of the higher ups at MI5 are convinced that it's a man, but she is convinced that it's um a, all the same specific um, female assassin, and um she is correct. And then she basically gets because of her suspicions and her background studying female assassins, she kind of gets pulled into this um separate mission of trying to find this assassin and stop her and figure out who. Um, she's working with and yeah it's just kind of gets crazy from there mm-hmm. that was a good description thank you while i was watching this i just couldn't stop thinking about how i actually i think sandra O oh does a really good job 
But I think Jodie Comer, I think she does an even better job. Well, I think she has a much more difficult role. Yeah. And I was thinking of it as I was uh, watching the last episode of season one. Just screen time alone, she's the lead. Totally. She's in it much more than Sandra Oh, I think. Mm -hmm. And she's doing all sorts of crazy, speaking different languages, accents, the action sequences. She's the one playing the assassin. So have you ever watched the show uh, My Mad Fat Diary? No. So it's this British kind of teen series. Mm -hmm. And um, Jodie Comer is one of the leads on that. Mm -hmm. And she basically... Short summary of that show is that it centers on this girl who was hospitalized for self-harm and a lot of it comes like a lot of her issues come from her weight and Jodie Comer plays her, like one of her old best friends who's mm-hmm. like the kind of the beautiful girl mm-hmm. and so they have a pretty complex relationship but Jodie Comer like she's clearly a standout on the show because she's not just she plays it where she's not just like your typical just like the beautiful girl character like she has a lot of really real feeling insecurities and all this stuff so anyway she's awesome on that and so when I started watching this and she has like this she seems like she's really Russian she's, and she's yeah. just like this like cute British girl mm-hmm. but she's like this terrifying psychotic Russian assassin she's literally insane and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, everything she does is iconic. Mm-hmm. Her outfits especially are my favorite. It, they are stunning. That part when she's getting evaluated in that mm-hmm. pink dress. Mm-hmm. I don't even really have that many notes from this show because I just w- didn't even want to take my eyes off the TV. No. I literally have two notes. This is what they are. Really good logo. I love mm. their logo. And I love... Like, they always say what city they're in, and, like, the font that they use is really good. Mm-hmm. And, and the colors of the words. Yes. It is all beautiful and perfect to me. Um, and then the second note I have, you're going to love this. It says, am I Kenny? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> you are Kenny! So, he's Kenny's like a computer genius- uh, he's like a hacker. Yeah, like he can find anything on the internet, and so can I. And so now I'm wondering if I really should try to get into that kind of lifestyle, the spy industry. Yeah. So if you I know mean, a spy, natural. <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> if any spies are listening to this, <laughs> you need Taylor on your team. I won't tell anyone you're a spy if you reach out to me. You legit are Kenny, though. I know, it was funny. It was like an artist in <laughs> your stalking skills. <laughs> like, you might think you're good at stalking. I once thought I was good at stalking people. <laughs> and then I really learned, like, the depth of Taylor's skills. Yeah, I, like, legitimately will have people reach out to me. And they're like, I need to find out this information. Can you figure it out? And I have always been able to figure it out. And within three hours. That's my... That's the highest, It's that's the most it's taken me. Yeah, I've never seen it take longer than one minute. <laughs> and it's things where, like, the clue you'll have to go off of is, like, the a guy's mom's first name mm-hmm. and, like, a restaurant you saw him eat at. I literally... And you can find his, every single piece of his social media and, like, where he works. I had to find out, I had the name of 
a man and I needed to find out the name of his father-in-law. Why did you need to know that? The person There's was, always a good reason, but that's just so crazy. When the person was texting me, it's like, it's too complicated to tell you why. And I was like, it's okay. I won't ask any questions. See, that's another reason why you'd be a perfect spy. You don't need to know. You just, you'll find it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So anyway, those are my two notes from the show. Am I Kenny? <laughs> um... Oh, another person I wanted to talk about who's on other shows is the character Elena, who works with Eve at MI5 first, and then she joins the other team. Oh, yeah. What else is she from? So she is... I don't know if I ever looked up her IMDb. So she's right now on The Good Place, actually. Oh. She's playing Simone, and she's on Barry. She's one of the acting classmates. Oh, mm-hmm. that's fun. And I get to announce another Veronica Mars casting. <gasps> she's going to be on it. <laughs> so Perfect. that'll be really great. But she's really fun. I feel like in these kinds of shows, well, it's surprisingly funny, though. Well, Villanelle is hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. That, I was like oh, kind of confused I when so I was much. laughing. But then once you embrace it, it's amazing. She's so funny. When she's like, wasn't an Asian woman with amazing hair? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those shows where it's like tense and can be like almost scary. Very suspenseful show. But it's just fun too. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. You can tell the actors are having fun doing these crazy things. Mm-hmm. And I was like audibly funny. during... I think it was, like, the fourth episode being, like, why is she doing that? Oh, my gosh, you're such an idiot. Why, 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 why? And I was, like, freaking out. And I was, like, this is so weird. But that is really saying something for the show to, like, get me that involved. Also, didn't have any interest to be on my phone while I was watching it. And didn't get, like, I binged it within, like, two and a half days. And, like, I didn't ever get tired or, like want to stop mm-hmm. like, like i'm sad it was over yeah this was like the first show where i wasn't like finishing it like minutes before we started recording <laughs> about it i finished it like five days ago i asked taylor i was like oh did you start killing eve yet and she was like i'm done <laughs> i loved it so it was, oh, it was so freaking good yeah and so now it's on hulu mm-hmm. and so if you have access to hulu watch it Highly, highly recommend. I would say it's priority over other shows, personally. I think so, too. I think you'll get done with it really quickly. It's only Mm -hmm. eight episodes, Mm -hmm. and they're like 40, 45 minutes each. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun. The time flies when you're watching Mm -hmm. it. I was texting a friend, and she was asking me what shows her and her husband should watch. And I was like, Killing Eve, Killing Eve, Killing Eve. She's like, will my husband like it? And I was like, yes. It is for all ages, genders, everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has maybe not girls. ages. Just because it has girls in it doesn't mean that men won't like it. No. It's about assassinations. It's freaking insane action. On Hulu, too, they have these, like, behind-the-scenes clips. Did you watch any of those? Oh, no, I didn't. You should because it is so interesting when they talk to Jody, like she's talking about her different stunts, and she's like, "I've never done stunts before." Like she's she. It's just so funny because she's like kind of like soft spoken. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll have so to watch weird. Because her character definitely is not soft spoken. No, she is bananas cuckoo mm-hmm. it, in the greatest way. 
Yeah, she's amazing. And it really is a tragedy she hasn't been nominated because she should be co-nominated for as a lead, like not even a supporting role. No. Yes. I agree. Okay, so who's your Okay, I'm I'm changing I'm changing what we call this. I'm calling it Crush of the Week so that we're not restricting it to boys. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I should have talked to you about this before we were on the air. But I've already chosen a girl before and I'm choosing a girl again. Okay. Well, then you go first. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like you could already tell from our discussion, but it's Jodie Comer. Well, she's perfect. She's so good. And yeah, I already mentioned this, but every outfit, every language, every interaction that she has with any human, Mm -hmm. like whether it's a small interaction or like she has a relationship with them is so good. And it's just, she's insane. And And you can never predict what she'll do. I love characters like that. Mm -hmm. There's some parts where I was like laughing. It's not a funny part, but I was laughing because I was just shocked. I want to hear what part, but... Can't wait to tell you what it is. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's just like one of my... A song that I've listened to. It's called Cute But Psycho. And I feel like that sums her up perfectly. I'm picturing her in that pink dress. Uh Uh-huh. And it seems... It's the perfect description. Yeah. Plus, she's like... It doesn't hurt that she's stunningly beautiful. No. Even when she's in this Russian prison. Mm -hmm. Like, she's so cute. And she's wearing, like, this, like, um, those headband things that are, like, handkerchiefs that are, like, a triangle. Remember Mm -hmm. those? Yeah. So bad. Okay. Who's your crush of the week? Um, this one's... It's not nearly as good, but I actually, by the end, I was kind of crushing on Kenny in the show. Oh, Even though he he's like, cutie. he's a little baby. Yeah. But it was just so funny. It was, what clinched it is in the last episode when he's talking to his mom mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, do you want some cheese puffs? <laughs> and he's like, what flavor are they? She's like, well, they only have one flavor. It's just cheese puff flavor. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and there's, he's like a, ser- they're like just coming out of this really serious situation. and Or like every time they walk into like the workspace and the boss is like, sorry about the smell in here. And it like pans over to him and he has just this like sad face. <laughs> it's hilarious. He, I kept, like, going back to his IMDb page because I'm like, what do I know him from? And he's in, like, two... This is, like, his second credit. Mm. But I kept thinking he was Taron Edgerton, that guy who's going to be in um, the Elton John biopic, who's in, like, Kingsman and stuff. Mm. It kind of looks like him a little bit. Mm. Probably younger. I didn't look up his age. Yeah, I don't don't know what his age is either. But I'm excited because I feel like he'll probably even have a bigger role in the next season. Mm -hmm. And he really wasn't it just a tiny amount until kind of the later episodes of this mm-hmm. season. And he, I really liked him and Eve's interactions. Yeah. It was I fun. Too. So yeah, hopefully we'll see more of him. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. Well watch killing Eve or we'll kill you. Please watch it. Your lives are at stake and you'll thank us. You're welcome. Bye.